You're listening to The Philip Jordan Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Philip Jordan Show. I am your host, Philip Jordan, in studio host and producer of Dutton Woods Football on 96.9 The Legend and the Auburn Rider for Last Word on College Football. On today's show, we'll talk about Auburn hiring DJ Durkin as your new defensive coordinator. My thoughts on the AFC and NFC Championship games. The Super Bowl is set with the Chiefs and the 49ers. And a conversation with the voice of the Troy Trojans, Barry McKnight. You can check out the Philip Jordan Show podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. All right, so today's show is going to be a little different. Uh, I think I told you last week some of the guests that would come on the show. Had some things fall through. One of those guests got pushed off to later in the week when I would do the conversation, which you won't hear that till next week. And it's kind of a busy week for me personally, so only one show this week. But I think you're going to enjoy this podcast, particularly the interview I have for you guys with Barry McKnight. And before I play that interview in a few minutes, I will kind of introduce it to you because it's a little bit different than what I normally do with an interview. And we're going only audio on this edition of the show as well but we'll be back with video next week i promise you that so first off auburn hiring dj durkin as a new defense coordinator of course he is coming from texas a&m last year's team the best defense in the sec uh, overall when you look at the numbers giving it only 295 yards per game they got to the quarterback 42 times which is also number one in the sec i remember they gave peyton thorne all kinds of trouble when auburn played them last year uh, they were number two against the pass, which is big. I mean, this pass-heavy era of football, not just college, pro, high school, you know, whatever level, everybody's just throwing the ball all over the place. So if you can defend the pass well, that's big. And obviously getting to the quarterback, which Auburn has kind of struggled, I think, the last couple of seasons when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Number one against the rush, because that's okay. You take away the run game. You make the team throw the ball. And then you can pin your ears back and come at your quarterback. So that's a big thing with them if they can get that with Auburn. And uh, they only gave up 21.3 points per game. Now, in 2022, they were 7th in the SEC with him as defense coordinator, which they got better. And that's something you also you like to see because Auburn won in the secondary. A lot of players are gone from the Auburn secondary from last year, so they got to rebuild that secondary. I think they need to find some pass rushers. I think Auburn needs to be better at linebacker, and that's an area where D.J. Durkin has coached before. So really should be interesting how this defense develops with him there of course he also has some head coaching experience from 2016 to 2018 he was the head coach at maryland he was 10 and 15 overall there six and seven in 2016 2017 he was four and eight now he did not coach a game in 2018 the whole you know tragedy that happened with offense lineman uh, jordan mcnair a 19 year old at the time spring practice heat exhaustion heat stroke and then there was listed perhaps a toxic culture there at Maryland. So Durkin was suspended. Matt Canada, which I say obviously a familiar name for LSU fans, he was the interim coach. And about midway of the year, they were going to reinstate Durkin. And then there was outcry from fan base and other people. Then he was fired midway through the season. 
nothing. He's obviously got other coaching jobs. It seems like you know, that was not really put on his shoulders, but you're the head coach. It happened. And, and that's something negative people are going to bring up about this hire. I mean, people who follow college football know about college football are going to look at that and say, okay, that's what happened. But he's been in other spots. Now, before that, in 2010 to 2014, he was at Florida as an assistant coach. He, the first couple of years, 2010 to 2012, he was just linebackers coach there, which that's what I'm saying. He has experience coaching linebackers and doing a good job there. And then from 2013, 2014, he goes on to be the defense coordinator and linebackers coach for the Florida Gators. They were one of the best defenses in the SEC both years. He was there as defense coordinator. They were number two in 2013 and number two in 2014. And once again, they were really good against the pass like he was his last year at Texas A&M. In 2013, they only gave up 172 yards through the air. And in 2014, it went up a little bit. They were fourth in the SEC that year at 194 but also really good against run both those years there at florida he was number two against a run so he does a really good job with run defense just defense overall when he's been a coordinator at these schools at florida at texas a&m did a good job when he had spent some time at michigan too as well and he spent some time too with the atlanta falcons now at, at Ole miss he comes back into the sec 2020 2021 did not have the same kind of success in 2021 or 2020 excuse me Ole Miss was the worst defense in the SEC giving up 519 yards per game in 2021 it was 12 got better but still a pretty bad defense but at the same time Ole Miss there was a transition there like Kiffin's coming in the the team is more geared towards the offense so the defense just was not there for him there but he's shown at Florida and Texas A&M what kind of defense coordinator he is let's see I think we'll get closer to what he was there and not what we saw at Ole Miss. Now, let's jump into some oh, – actually, before that, uh, I forgot a major thing here. Auburn's defensive staff is really looking good. Of course, Zach Ather's leaving. You know, Ron Roberts leaving. He goes to Florida. So, you kind of had some concerns here, I think, with Auburn. Oh, what's the staff look like? We bring in Charles Kelly from Colorado. I wouldn't hold Colorado's defense being bad against him. He's shown what he can do in this conference as a coordinator in the, in the South, too. Remember, he's at Florida State. He's going to come in, your co-defense coordinator. Wesley McGriff, who left and went to A&M, now he's come back. DB's coach. So they have a solid, a solid um, group there uh, when it comes to defensive staff and could get only better. So a lot of things, a lot of questions and concerns about certain coaches leaving the staff of course offensively we saw that too as well Cadillac leaving you know just a lot of different players leaving or coaches that used to play for Auburn but I think Hugh Freeze he's just looking hey this is my staff this is how it's going to look for me and that's kind of like what we're getting here now real quickly AFC NFC championship games um I'll start with the AFC one first. I actually think I have more notes on the AFC championship game to do. I, to me, watching that game, it, at times it felt like this moment was too big for Baltimore. And I say that just because a lot of lack of composure. Uh, Zay Flowers, he had a big catch there uh, in the second half. You know, the Ravens moved the ball well in the second half. It's just the two turnovers in the end zone cost him. Um, but he, not too long before that, when he fumbled into the end zone, he had a big catch. He had a tawny penalty. There was some other stuff there uh, between some defensive players with the Ravens and Travis Kelsey. I just, you know, 
it was just one of the things where I just felt like the Ravens were not composed in this game. And they also didn't run Lamar Jackson. And I get during the regular season, you're not going to run him as much or early season, but this was a game you just need to run him more. Uh, I don't really think he did. A lot of his rushing yards come from scrambles and just not design runs. I just don't think the Ravens took advantage of that enough with those opportunities. Uh, like I said, the turnovers, Lamar Jackson had the turnover in the first half of fumble. They were down 14-7. to seven. They were around midfield, and he fumbles. Now, luckily for the Ravens, at that point in the game, their defense stood up and stopped Kansas City, but still, it looked like they had a little bit of momentum. Of course, they had the touchdown to Zay Flowers that tied the game 7-7. And, of course, I remember Zay Flowers, the fumble there in the fourth quarter, really opened the fourth quarter. Hey, who knows if he doesn't try to dive, which you can't ask a player not to do that. I mean, you're trying to make a play. You're trying to score. He fumbles. They're down 17-7, to and then Jackson – through an interception and triple coverage on the next possession for the Ravens into the end zone once again. It was just a horrible pass. So, yeah, just a horrible game all around for the Ravens, who are the number one team in the NFL. Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP. We all know this. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards, one touchdown. It looked like that at some points during the season. Perhaps Travis Kelsey has lost a step or two and didn't – Looked like the player once was. Still a good player, but not the great player. But he's really stepped out of the playoffs here. He had two touchdowns last week against the Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes, 30 of 39 for 241, one touchdown. And I say about all the mistakes, how badly the Ravens played, I will say this. The Chiefs' defense played really well. They got after him. They did put pressure on Lamar Jackson. So you got to give them credit, too. As much as we just want to say rail on Lamar Jackson for losing a playoff game, two and four. He's not played well in the postseason. But also at the same time, we got to look at it from this standpoint. The Chiefs did a good job. So, and they were a team, hey, they've been in before, so they knew what to do. Uh, the 49ers and the Lions. Actually, I was uh, watching the, this game first half at my parents' house. And it was 24 to 7. I get in the car, so okay, I'm going to go home, catch the second half. It looks like Detroit's got this, which a lot. Like the Packers had against the 49ers last week, too, as well. And I, we saw how that happened. Detroit was at 24 to 7. The Lions' offense, it just could not be stopped. So I was like, okay. Then we had a second half meltdown. I walked in to my apartment, and it was 24 to 17. I was like, whoa, what happened? I had to go back and watch some stuff. And then the fourth, fourth down thing. And I made a critical comment on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, about the fourth down. I, I left it there. I left it there. So if anybody wants to come attack me and say I, I'm being a hypocrite right now, it's fine. I understand. I said that Dan Campbell lost the game for the Lions. But, you know, going for all those fourth downs that they did, that's who they are. That's who the character. That's what. And everybody says, well, eventually that was going to bite them. Well, at the same time, that aggressiveness is what got them here. So it's who they are. It's what they do. I would say this. That one, okay, so the first time they did it in the second half and didn't get it, it was fourth and two at the San Francisco twenty-eight. You're up by 14 at that point. The 49ers kicked the field goal to make it 24-10 to open the second half. You kick the field goal there, you are up 27-10. So you, you push it back to three, but they didn't do it. The San Francisco makes it 24-17. Then you had Jameer Gibbs fumble, and that was a big moment in the game. And then San Francisco turns around that touchdown. Christian McCaffrey gets the touchdown. So we're tied up at 24, and then eventually the 49ers do go up 27-24 to with a field goal. 
So then when the line's moving the ball again, they go from fourth down and don't get it. See, that's where I think, okay, you should have kicked the field goal. Would have been long? Yes. I don't think in everything I've seen people say, too, that were actually there. The weather wasn't that big of a deal. So you probably should just kick the field goal there and make it 27-27. You go for it. You don't get it. And then 49ers go down and get up 24, 34-24. And then we see the Lions move the ball downfield. Of course, they scored a touchdown to get it 34-31. to But they did. You could obviously tell. And Greg Olson did a good job talking about this on the broadcast that they're not trying to use the timeouts. They're not trying to use timeouts because, especially with the NFL, it's slim chances you're going to recover an onside kick. That's just kind of how it is now. It's it's a hard thing to do. So you keep your three timeouts. You could probably try an onside kick. You don't get it. And then you still got your three timeouts. Maybe you could stop the 49ers, get the ball back. Long field, not a lot of time, but you still give yourself a chance. So to get down around the goal line, then on third down, running the ball with Montgomery, and he gets stopped, then you have to use that timeout. So now you're pretty much putting all your hopes on a miracle play in the onside kick, not working or working. And then they score a touchdown. You know how it went. They did onside kick. It was a great attempt. It was a pretty good onside kick, but still the 49ers pick up, and they win the game. But I, I would just say that was the worst decision of the whole thing from Dan Campbell. I agree with a lot of people what they say about that, that not throwing it there, running it, getting stopped is probably the worst decision they could have made. So, look, and what happened in the second half, I think offensively for the 49ers, they got in a rhythm. They spread the ball out more, uh, put Purdy more in the shotgun. And then Debo Samuel had a big second half. They got him more involved. Eight catches, 89 yards. Brock Purdy running the ball. He had 51 yards rushing in the game. So there was a lot of factors in there um, that led to the 49ers making the comeback. It was a meltdown offensively from the Lions. Obviously, the fourth downs didn't help. Uh, that decision, too, when you're down by 10, but maybe you have an opportunity to keep all three timeouts, you don't do that. So there was a lot of things that happened for the Lions against them, which we also got to give the 49ers credit. Brock Purdy did a great job leading the team, made some clutch throws, made some clutch runs, and now they're in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to take a one-minute break. We'll come back. Uh, my conversation I have with Barry McKnight with a small little intro from me on what this interview is all about. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m. and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America at night and coast to coast am keep you company and connected throughout the night plus fox news the alabama radio network and wiregrass daily news keep you informed with national international state and local news and with more musical choices like all the hits 1067 kmx today's country 95.5 wtvy and music 1077 digio strategies gives you more choices and more variety listen on air online and on our apps 96.9 the legend is just the beginning all right so normally this would be where i'll say hey, this is how i'm joined by so i am going back to school 
I don't know many people know that, but I am I'm going to Troy University online, pursuing a degree in sports management, minoring in communication. So I've had a few classes already. This is just my third t- term there where I've had to interview people that were involved in the industry. I want to get in. Of course, you all know broadcasting, sports media, all that. So I've had some pretty fun interviews. I've, I've interviewed Barry McNaught, voice of short Trojans. You're about to hear that. I've interviewed David Schultz, host of Locked on Sunbelt. Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. Of course, you can hear him in Houston as well. And also Doug Amos, who is on the radio there in Montgomery, does a bunch of different shows. So we're going to sprinkle those in from time to time. And look, I hope you enjoy this interview. It's a little bit different. So normally I have an intro. I tell you where the guys from. So the first two I did with Barry McKnight and David Schultz, I just jumped into the questions. So there's not much of an intro. So I'm going to kind of do that here. Uh, Voice of George Chosen's Barry McKnight. You can follow him at Barry McKnight on social media. This interview took place September 5th, 2023. And we don't talk about anything current. Um, I talked about how you got started in radio, the path, a lot of questions on if you're interested in that path or that career path, how you get there. So it's a lot of journalism, sports media, career questions, how you pursue that. So like I said, we're not going to talk about anything current in this interview, but I think you will enjoy it. So here is my conversation with Barry McKnight, the voice of George Trojans. We jump right into it. So the first question, boom, we're, we're going into it. So not the normal intro, uh, then you're probably used to hearing or seeing uh, on my interviews so first question i just have to you know ask you you know straight you know for you just uh the path to the radio career um how did that start for you well it actually it's kind of a long-ish story um i had been the first time i'd ever been on the radio was my sister melanie and i in palm bay florida um we both went to the same middle school and WMEL radio in Palm in uh, Melbourne, Florida wanted something from our middle school, an update. And I was the president of my uh, middle school student body and my sister was there. And so we did a little thing for about two months during the spring when we were kids, really in middle school, um, the phone in thing about the update from, from Stone Middle School. And uh, we, we loved it. We enjoyed it and all that kind of stuff. And I always, we lived right across the street from the big sports complex uh, in our town. And it was big, uh, right directly across the street. And I used to, when I was 10 or 11 years old, I used to do PA for, for the uh, baseball games that I didn't play in. And, um, you know, I always enjoyed it. I've always loved sports, obviously. Um, and then I kind of lost uh, track of it for a while. I went to college, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do um, or how to go about it. Um, started off at the University of Florida, and I had an accident. I had, I had broken my leg really badly at Florida, and I had to take just about a year off to, um, you know, to rehab it. A year out of school, and I'm trying to find a job where I can still make some money and go back to school. And two things happened. Number one, I had a big old leg cast on, and I found a job at uh, Radio 99 WFTW in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, where I was kind of recuperating. And uh, you can sit down and, you know, you can talk on the radio, and I'd had a little bit of experience at it. And um, 
that was a thing to do. That was one thing. I was starting off there, and I did everything they asked me to do, you know, working a weekend shift. And this is back in the day when you would play records and, and all that kind of stuff. It was great experience. And then it turns out I lost my um, in-state tuition at the University of Florida. So I transferred to Auburn, where my parents, you know, had moved to. And the, I guess one of the reasons why I chose Auburn was because I had talked with a, a guy who told me that I could work at their commercial radio station in Auburn while I went to school, and I could do sports. And so that's what I did, and I started at WAUD Radio in Auburn while I was still in school, and I got to do Auburn baseball. My first year was Bo Jackson's last year at Auburn, and I got to call his games, and I did that for seven years, did high school football, and really everything that, you know, they'd let me do. I also had to work, you know, overnight shifts and do news and, um, you know, do the obituaries and stuff like that. So that's really where I got started. When I finished college, I ended up just working there full time afterwards and got a couple of jobs in and around, did more play by play, then got into television a little bit, a little bit, started getting an entree into that. And, um, television led me to Troy. I did two years of Troy television for football. And then when the play-by-play job for radio opened up at Troy, then they, they, they asked me to do that job. And I've been, I've been doing that, uh, for 22 years now. And of course I've been doing a morning radio show in Montgomery for 26. So that's really how it all got started. I wonder if I would have ever done any of this if I had not broken my leg in my sophomore year in college. It's funny how sometimes stuff like that works out uh, yeah. uh, when yeah. you do that. Oh, so when you uh, decided, you know, this is something you want to do as a career, you, you kind of answered it in, in that part too, but what were those like yeah. first steps that you know, okay, I have to do this, this to get where I want to be? Well, the first thing to do is you've got to do it. You know, you've got to have, I mean, you know, I did everything, you know, um, Early in my formative years, I was a, you know, I was a station manager at WAUD, and I hired Rod Bramlett, um, who was one of my dear friends. I hired him to work at the station. He was a graduate assistant in the political science department at Auburn, and um, we we did just anything you could possibly do at a radio station. We did commercials. We we did uh, in city council meetings. We brought we, we played big band music and all that just to get on the air and not necessarily just to do sports, but just to get on the air, just to speak on the air, to do newscasts, to do sports casts. Um, you know, Rod got started doing Lee Scott Academy football. I got started doing Auburn high school football and basketball and just working as much as you can. I don't think that I have, I know the first seven or eight years I was in the business. I didn't say no to anything. If there was an opportunity, absolutely I would do it. If there was a chance to, to be on the air or to get better or to work on something, I was going to do it. But you do it purposely, too. You don't do it and just show up and, and, and do it. You prepare, you know, you, you take it like a, like a biz, like a, a career, you know, you do your preparation, you take it like it's a business, you, you organize your thoughts and you, you know, do background interviews and stuff and you work. It wasn't just, you know, just on the air to be on the air, you were on the air to try to get better every time you had a chance. But it was the main thing was just 
to do it. Any opportunity that I had, I always said yes. Yeah, when I started with 969, I remember my interview process. They said, you want to be play-by-play, color analyst, or studio host? I said, whatever you guys want me to do, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, the answer is yes. I, I, you know, Whatever that is, play-by-play, color, studio host, count me in. Absolutely. You know, and looking back at that time for you, then you said to saying yes to everything, and now you look at it now with podcasts. You can anybody can start a podcast now. See, uh, just how much has it changed? You know, since you know when you were breaking in to now. Right. Well, you had three, and I never got a degree in in broadcasting. I never did. I I have a dual degree in English literature and political science. So I never I never took classes. Never took classes in it. But I, when I, when I got started, if you wanted to be involved in journalism or broadcast, you had three options. You could write for the newspaper or a magazine. You could broadcast on television or you could broadcast on the radio. There were no talk shows. There were no sports talk shows back then. There was radio. If you wanted to be a radio broadcaster and if you worked at it for a long time, then maybe you could end up being a television broadcaster. And that was it. And, and the opportunities that I had, I mean, were, you know, working at a radio station and doing everything. And if I had not had that opportunity at that little 1,000-watt AM station, who knows, you know, where my career would have taken. Nowadays, you've got podcasts. You can have your own broadcasts. You don't have to broadcast play-by-play on a radio station. You can do it on a, you know, on a web stream or a video stream or an audio stream or, you know, you don't have to start out at a, you know, over the air talk show. You can have your own podcast and do with it exactly what you want to do with it, as much as you want, as little as you want, as involved as you want to get it or just on a lark. You know, there are so many more opportunities in television. You know, we have people at Troy that are involved in the ESPN Plus broadcasts. I do a lot of the television for it, obviously, but we have people who do, um, you know, students who help with the softball broadcasts and the um, um, soccer broadcasts and volleyball behind the scenes as technical directors and producers and audio engineers and and camera people and all that. Uh, And, and, you know, that's just for, you know, that's just for online television video on ESPN plus stuff that never was there before you never had the opportunity to do that before. And now the opportunities are just almost unlimited for people who want to, you know, pursue this as a career. You know, you just looking at too, just, you know, the path, you know, you know, or, you know, someone like me going to school, you know, pursuing this mm-hmm. or, or other different avenues of the nature of the industry. Cause they know a lot of it, it, it uh, you know, I've seen read, you know, it could be tough, uh, making it yes. uh, to that point. Or how do you see like the nature of the industry of making it to that point? Well, the, 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 the thing to remember about it, I've always thought it is a wonderful, interesting, fulfilling way to earn a living. You know, I love doing it. I think I'm suited to doing it temperamentally. Um, I, I just love doing it. I've always loved sports. The negative of it is, is that there are a jillion other people who want to do it, too. It's extremely competitive. There's a lot of people who are willing to make a lot of sacrifices to get their foot in the door or to move up in the industry. 
Um, even though there are more opportunities, there are many, many, many more people that are vying for those same opportunities. So what you've got to do is you've got to, again, you've got to consider yourself as a brand. You've got to improve your brand. The best way to improve your brand is to be proficient at what you do and to be experienced at what you do. If it comes down, if a job, if a coveted job comes down from somebody who is just really poised or really handsome or beautiful or somebody who has a a great speaking voice but does not have any experience against somebody who's experienced and smooth and measured and informed and, and knows the process of putting a good broadcast on the the person who is who has experience almost always is going to be a leg up in there you know i cannot overstress just how important it is people say well how do you get ahead well first of all you get ahead by starting you begin it you 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 do whatever it takes and and a lot of it requires luck a lot of it just being in the right place at the right time if i had not broken my leg i may never have felt the need to find a job where i can sit down and talk if i had not um done television for two years at troy state maybe you know i would not have been considered at all for the radio job at troy university you know sometimes it does take luck but i do know the one thing that's almost always a common denominator is the people that work the hardest in this business and prepare the most and 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 improve the most and are focused on self-improvement those are the ones who rise in the profession you very rarely find lazy um unmotivated people at the top of the broadcasting business yeah there's a lot more hours that go into this stuff that people actually see you know it's, it's they not don't just, even realize oh you know talking about you know for somebody that is trying to again breaking into or trying to get into the mm-hmm. industry what are you seeing now now in 2023 like early positions someone could get to kind of get their foot in the door to as they pursue this well, what happens a lot with me in my position at Troy, um, we were talking about it just the other day with a couple of um, student-athletes that want to get involved in it, and what do they do, and, you know, how do they, you know, how do they just get their foot in the door? It's a great resource. Troy has a tremendous school for it. Uh, they also have a tremendous set of opportunities for it. I, I try, I always advise them and try to help them into getting involved with the ESPN Plus broadcasts. Because, you know, not only does it get your foot in the door, but it also gives you a little bit more of a broader, well-rounded um, set of skills. I know people, for instance, who have started at Troy as a student and volunteered to work a camera or volunteered to, uh, you know, work in the studio, which is over at Trojan Arena. And, you know, they get to know the people there. They get to know Titus and, and Blake and, and all of the people who work, you know, each one of the telecasts behind the scenes and you know if you if they think you're trustworthy and competent and reliable and talented and and you know team oriented every once in a while there's an opportunity that comes up and they say hey why don't we give this guy a chance you know why don't we try him on this um builds from there you know it's I just get involved with the ESPN Plus broadcasts. Get involved with something. There's opportunities, you know, around to, you know, do, you know, local high school football. Just do whatever. 
you know, just to get involved. But the the number one thing is just to is just to start, just to start, just doing something. Yeah, and uh, my final question, uh, kept you a few minutes longer than I said I would on on this interview. But uh, uh, you know, we talked a lot about. And you mentioned a lot about experience. Just do it. You know, get those reps. Uh, yeah. Any other advice that we haven't mentioned here that you would uh, give someone pursuing this? This is this is the hardest thing for me, and I'll be honest with this. And I, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it over the years. You've got to you've got to learn to listen critically to yourself if you want to be a play by play broadcaster or a sports talk host or something like that. I, everything I do is uh, for Troy is recorded and I listen to everything over again. Um, I listen to the Trojan talk programs over again. I listen to the football games over again and you have to be critical. You know, you, you, you go over it and you, you know, it doesn't have to be sitting there with a notepad and a pen, but something happens and you think, you know, that worked pretty well. I got to remember that. that. I liked that phrase. I liked, you know, I liked how, you know, I worked this in with the color analyst or, you know, boy, that really didn't work. I mean, that that wasn't what I meant to say at all. I need to work on that. Work on your on your vocabulary. So that's the hardest part to me. And but that's still one of the things that I think is critical. You ask anybody that I know in the business, and they'll talk about that. You know, it's difficult to hear yourself and say, "Boy, that was really dumb." What did I say that for? But you learn from it. You, you know, listen to your work. Think critically about it. Uh, you can make notes about it and say, I'm, "I'm, you know, this is not a strength of mine. I need to stay away from trying to to be funny on the air. I don't really have this sense of humor. You know, I I I don't feel comfortable being a um, a sunshine pumper. I and I I need to kind of back off a little bit of everything is peachy keen, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, just little things like that. But you've got to you've got to get a real understanding of yourself." on the air and what works and doesn't work and what what you're comfortable with and what you're not and go over and it's always a i'm still evolving and you know in what i do and i've been in the business for 38 years now all right everybody that is uh, my interview Barry. but now of course you're probably used to me say it uh we're final like i said the first couple of these i did for school i didn't do them like with a podcast interview but the next one you'll hear sometime down the road, you never know when I'm going to pop these things in here, uh, David Schultz. It was done the same way with Bear. We just kind of jumped into the questions, and then at the end, then you'll hear the swoosh, and then I'll come back on. But then the next two I've done, Chris Gordy and Doug Amos, I kind of do it more like a podcast interview. I introduce them, and then we do the kind of close-up where you can find them and all that good stuff. So. That uh, that was that interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I really do. Uh, there will not be another podcast rest of the week. I've got look as I told you, I'm a college student and had to pull back a little bit this week. Midterms and other stuff going on this week with me personally, so only one this week. But we'll be back. I'm planning on doing two episodes next week. Hope to get you one on Tuesday and a big Super Bowl preview next Thursday. I have a guest locked in that, that covers Kansas City. I'm still working on squaring it away for someone to cover the 49ers. But uh, that's what I'm going to plan on doing next Thursday. And we'll get into the Senior Bowls going on. I'm going to be watching that this weekend, keeping up with the practice stuff going out through the week. We're going to talk about that with you. Uh, and some other cool stuff uh, I'm going to do on Tuesday's show. So, hey, and uh, 
Probably after the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll get into some basketball talk. Can we do one or two of these a week? Football is kind of like the big thing. So we are going to jump into especially some Alabama and Auburn basketball and SEC hoops and some other stuff with basketball uh, as we move forward. But anyways, uh, remember you can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. The podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from Apple Podcasts. Please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can check out the show over on my YouTube channel, Philip Jordan Sports YouTube channel. And also check out the show over at Wiregrass Daily News. And uh, please send me an email if you want to get with me. You got something you want to bring up that I should bring up during the show over at sportsoffieldjordan at gmail.com. And pre- please check out all my written work over at Last Word on college football. Hope everybody has a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you at the beginning of next week. Till next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Philip Jordan Show. Subscribe to the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the show over at the Philip Jordan Media YouTube channel. Got a question or topic idea? Email the show at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Join us next time for more great football talk.